Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Pittsburgh Sewer fans. Welcome to the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's Pittsburgh Sewer Power Half Hour. I'm Chris. Got Paul and Joe with me. Well, I'm Chris Pugh, Paul Yancek, Joe Frost. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Blended. I'm glad to be home. I've been on a tour all over the eastern seaboard, and I'm just glad to be home. Scouting for the next NFL draft? Or? No. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, thought, I thought you had some news to announce today. I was like, this no, is great. I have no news to announce. I've okay. For a week in New York City, visited my daughter up in New Hampshire. My brother in Chicago, and then uh, my wife's family in Ohio, and then drove a truck full of stuff down to Mississippi, and now I'm back. Fantastic. All right. Hey, it's fun. We were talking about this a week or two ago. We said, hey, this is going to be a dry time for Steelers news. And we were, we were saying, are we going to do 30-second shows, or are we going to talk about you know, the weather or a half-hour version of Joe's trip. You know, what, what are we going to talk about? But you know what, Joe and Paul? The Steelers continue to make news. And, man, the NFL does not stop. It never stops. I mean, we're in mid-June. We're still a couple weeks away from uh, from training camp. And we got news every week now. Is this great? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> But th- this is good news. We got some breaking news to happen the other day. That is Le- good. Larry Ogunjobi. I think we got his name right. Yeah. Uh, def- right. The Steelers got a defense lineman. And look, we kind of called it. Because remember, at the end of last week, we were looking at possibilities the Steelers could pick up. And when we got the defense lineman, I, I think this chart I was looking at had uh, Nagamakan Sue as one of the top ones. But we were saying, aren't they going to get a guy under 30? And Larry Ogunjobi was one of the guys we brought up. And, man, the Sewers went out and got him. We have uh, our fingers he, on the pulse of yes, the nation. Definitely. And it's Mike kind Tomlin of – We might to need to let it up so that yes. the heartbeat can continue. <laughs> this guy is under 30, and that's who the Sewers have targeted in free agency. Um, he's been around the AFC North. He's played for a little bit for the Browns. Um, probably to Steelers people, most known for the infamous night where uh, the Browns and Steelers got in a uh, fight. Um, after uh, Miles Garrett pulled um, Mason Rudolph's helmet off, Ogunjobi, who was playing for the Browns at the time, he shoved Mason Rudolph to the ground, which led to, I think it was Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro jumping in, and the brawl was on. So Ogunjobi has a history of the Steelers from that. Um, last year, Ogunjobi played for the Bengals, and oh, he played pretty well. Uh, seven sacks as a lineman. Again, it's not all pro. Uh, I don't think you're going to see Larry Ogunjobi in the Hall of Fame, but solid player. Here's the rub. 
Um, Ogunjobi got hurt. I believe it was in the Raiders wildcard game last year that the Bengals won on the way to the Super Bowl. Um, they felt Ogunjobi was expendable, so he was available in free agency. The Chicago Bears actually came to an agreement with him in March, early in the free early in free agency. Nice contract, three years, forty million, but Ogunjobi did not pass the physical, <clears throat> so that contract left. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Ogunjobi was still out there. He signed a one-year contract for the Steelers. I don't know the financial details yet. It's probably less than the $13 million he was going to make per year for the Bears. So, I, I mean, I look at it as a good signing. The Steelers definitely had a hole on defensive line. Um, the hope is he's healthy and he can play. We're not going to know that. I mean, I would assume the Steelers gave him a physical and did their due diligence. Is he going to be healthy for the year? I don't know. But he gives the Steelers a lot of depth where they didn't have depth in the past. What do you guys think? Up, big enthusiastic okay. thumbs up. All right, Joe, are you, are you down or? Oh, what do you absolutely. Think? Uh, I'm interested to see how the relationship works with other players on the team, considering that there was the dust up back with the uh, Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation. Uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, Ogunjobi is the one who made the accusations of racial slurs uh, coming from Mason Rudolph during that incident. Um, so, which I think they came down to say that they didn't have enough evidence to say that that's what initiated the 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 incident in the first place. So, I, I think it's an interesting choice. As a player and adding him in with, uh, with uh, to have some more depth of the line, that's amazing, an amazing, amazing pickup. Uh, I don't know what that's going to do in the locker room. Uh, I have faith that Tomlin's going to figure out how to how to how to navigate all of that. Uh, I think there are some people out there who are wondering if this is yet another nail in the coffin for Mason as, as a as continuing as a Steeler. I don't know about that, but um, yeah, it, it, it does raise some concern for me. I, I think it's an indication that Mason's not going to be with the Steelers this year. Um, you know, it all comes down to that kid they drafted in the seventh round. If he's okay, and they say, hey, he could be third quarterback, then, you know, you don't really need Mason anymore. Yeah, I mean, there was some harsh stuff. It wasn't just a typical fight. I mean, whenever you're throwing around racial accusations, that makes, you know, what happened a lot tougher. I I don't know. I mean, I I think some of these guys look at it, especially since it was a couple years ago, maybe it's wire under the bridge. Like, we were worried about, um, you know, Mason, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick when Brian Flores got um, signed as a you know a assistant head coach because there were some issues with Minka and Brian Flores in uh, Miami, but there was an article that came out this week where they're both like, hey, yeah, we're good. Let's get rolling. We're excited for this and everything." So I, I'm wondering. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. It is an issue, but I'm wondering if maybe it's not as big of an issue that maybe these guys look at us wander the bridge for one and two, you know. I would be surprised if Mason Rudolph starts the year for the Steelers. Um, and even if he did, he's definitely not the starting quarterback. I mean, if Mason was your franchise quarterback, yeah, that would be a big concern because he's this guy you're investing all this 
time, resources, and money to. And, you know, it definitely doesn't seem like Mason's that guy. Yeah, I mean, they, they seem to be all in on Mitch being the guy and Pickett being the next stop. So I, it, it seems like a waste to keep Mason around. But I, I think it, it's also kind of assuming, like, let's say that Mason stays around. It's assuming that everybody in the locker room is buddy-buddy with each other. I'm sure there's some guys who don't particularly care for one another in the locker room. And right. quarterback and defensive linemen, I mean, their interactions aren't exactly going to be all day, every day kind of stuff. Well, you think about this too. The first two guys that jumped in that fight that night against the Browns, they're two guys that are no longer for the Steelers. Now, they didn't leave the Steelers because of the fight. You know, the catcher had some injury concerns. You know, Marquise Johnson retired. But the guys that really jumped in are gone. Like, look at all the new defensive offensive linemen, you know, James Daniels, you know, doesn't – I mean, I, I'm sure he might have seen it on TV, but that doesn't matter to him as much. Or Mason Cole, who's expected to be the new center, or Kendrick Green. I mean, it, it, in my opinion, it would be a lot different if this happened the year after the fight. But it's been a couple yeah. years in the past. It, it's going to be an issue. I'm not saying no one's going to care, but I, I think it won't be as big of an issue as we think because it's been a couple of years since then. I mean, maybe Brett Mason drew off the third is just so likable that once you sit down, I mean, it's you can't help but like the guy, and so it'll just be water under the bridge. Yeah. Or as some some of our fellow podcasters think, Mason Rudolph will ball out and be the franchise quarterback, and I don't know. It's, it is it is what it is, but it'll be interesting. And I'll tell you guys, I mean, you know, we podcast about the Steelers, so no matter what happens, it's going to be interesting training camp. But each week it seems like there's more intrigue added from – you know, who's going to start between Trubisky or Pickett to, you know, Larry Ogunjobi is going to be in this training camp. What does this mean? It's going to make it a lot more fascinating to follow. I I do think it's going to be probably a lot more intriguing training camp than the Steelers have seen in a long time with everything going on. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of new people in, uh, new schemes. Yeah, it's good. It's It's a new day. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so there's a lot of activity. <laughs> Here's the other thing that's going to be really interesting, and I'm not saying this either way, but I think it's worth saying. Steelers have the top paid defense right now in the NFL. Steelers have the least paid offense. Now, there is a reason for that. A lot more of the veterans are on the defensive side. The offense, there's guys who could play well, but they're all under rookie contracts. So that's why that's it. But uh, trivia question, and I think we may have talked about this. You, you guys may have known this. Who is the highest paid offensive player right now for the Steelers? Rudolph? Derek Watt. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Hmm. And, and he's a guy that may not even make the Steelers this year because he's the highest paid <laughs> offensive player. Well, they're certainly getting a bang for their buck with that. Yeah. Now, I think you raised a good point. Paul, I think Mason is now making $5 million a year, but I think they're saying because Mason's got one year left and Derek Watts got a couple years left. I don't know. But, yeah, but people have said Derek Watts is the highest paid, so it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, Paul, why don't you get started on your rant? Um, it also came out this week, and um, Chase Claypool, you know, just talking about the upcoming season and everything. Um, he said Juju Smith-Schuster was a good leader when he was with the Steelers. 
helped him out. But then he made a interesting comment. He's like, I'm going to be top three receiver in the NFL. Um, I have my concerns with Chase Claypool. I think to his credit, what are you going to say? If, if Chase Claypool said, hey, guys, I'm going to be – I'm going to have an inconsistent year like last year, we'd flay him. We'd be like, why are you saying this? I mean, everyone's got to be confident. He's confident, but – Paul, you said before you got some concerns. Um, not so much concerns, just uh, I'm glad that he thinks that. But, well, if I do have a concern, it's that perhaps he's taken up some recreational drugs. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not even convinced that Claypool is one of the top three receivers on the Steelers roster. Um, I, I like Claypool. I would love for him to be a top three receiver. Um but I, I think he needs to show that he's a top three on this roster before we go league wide. Joe's got his head back. I know. I don't know if he's just tired or if he's a question what Paul said. What do you think, Joe? I am tired, but uh, uh, a young receiver has to think that of himself. Otherwise, what is he even doing in the right. NFL? Right. He has to have that mindset. Uh, what are the things that goes into him getting uh, more receptions and more touchdowns? Somebody has to throw him the ball more often. Yeah. The ball needs to be there in a way that he can catch it. Uh, there has to be opportunities for him to complete it and to be able to, to, to run. He can do that. We've seen him do that. To, to receive the ball and to run for a lot of yardage and to do very well. He can be that. It's going to take getting into the scheme and getting be, getting to build the trust with, at this point, Trubisky uh, to, to be able to capitalize on that. And then we're looking at somebody who's a top three wide receiver. We have the weirdest situation with uh, professional football that – uh, we grade, we look at these receivers and we rank them as if they're in a bubble. Oh, this guy's the greatest receiver this year. Well, he's got somebody throwing him the ball. It's really the thing that separates the receivers if they were in space. You know, there's not that much difference between the guy who's third and the guy who's 20th. Uh, they're all really great. They're all really fast. They all make good decisions. They all create separation. They all have good hands. Uh, the thing that separates him is somebody throwing them the ball. Um, do I think he has the ability to be a top three receiver? I, I think he's got the, the core abilities to do it. He just needs to be in a scheme that's going to capitalize on what he can do. Uh, is he going to be the top one of the top three receivers on the Steelers? Uh, I think it's entirely possible. Um, I think uh, somebody made a comment that I that I responded to on Twitter, uh, saying that they think that Claypool will end up having uh, statistically a better season than uh, than DJ this hmm. season, and uh, they were like, "Oh, this is probably way out there as a as a take." And I thought that it's really not that impossible to imagine. Um, with with Pickens coming in to get some of the long ball stuff that that DJ was getting, 
And if Claypool proves himself to be more consistent uh, in a slot or in a, 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 a wide receiver three position, uh, it's entirely possible he could be uh, a much more consistent presence than he was last year. Um, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, Especially if if, uh, if Austin does well as well, yeah. the, <laughs> DJ could be the fourth receiver on the on the Steelers team in one I, in one year's time while he's trying to get the max contract. The Steelers did themselves some favors because if you look at last year, and we've said this, DJ was inconsistent, Claypool was inconsistent, um, James Washington, I I used to think he had a lot of potential. They weren't giving him the ball in the last two seasons. Now, I think he's proven himself not to be as good as DJ or Claypool, but in light of the fact that they were nervous to throw him the ball a lot last year, look, the receivers weren't that strong. And who was your number four last year? Was it Anthony Miller, maybe? Or, you know, I mean, you didn't have, oh, oh, Ray Ray McLeod. I think Ray Ray was Ben's favorite target. It just, right. He got the ball a hundred times more than he should have. Well, in part of it, Ben couldn't and, throw the ball he, down the field effectively. And Ray right. Ray was it, a it's nice where Ben could put the ball. He knew right. where Ray Ray was going to be, and Ben could put it there, and Ray Ray was going to catch it. He didn't get any yards after the catch, hardly <laughs> ever. Right, but because all eleven he was able to throw it somewhere, and someone was going to catch it, which didn't always happen with Johnson. So I, I think the receiver room has gotten better. I. You know, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Pickens, hearing a lot of good things about Austin. Who knows? In OTAs, everyone looks good. I mean, just because you're hearing good reports in OTAs, don't think these guys are Hall of Famers. <laughs> but that said, I think the receiver room's gotten a lot better. I think it's going to push DJ and push Claypool. And, but, you know, like we always say, they got to show it on the field. So I'm glad that Claypool has the confidence. But, you know, you got to do the work, man. And it's I, Cooper Cup and Chase Claypool. Right. right you know, yeah, that's yeah, true. There's well, really I'm, nobody else out there. <laughs> and I think DJ and um, both him and Claypool can advance. I think they weren't pushed at all last year because nobody was pushing them. I mean, Ben couldn't throw it downfield too consistently. You didn't have receivers behind them, so they got lazy. You know, it's, it's happened to the best of us at times. I'm hoping that especially with Pickens having a great start to his career for OTAs, him and Austin can push them. And I think, you know, I hope DJ and Claypool get even better where Pickens and Austin are three and four. And if Pickens and Austin are as good as some people claim, hey, if if they push them out of starting jobs, whatever, that means Pickens and Austin are going to be better. So, I'm very competition. About, Let's bring I'm on. Very excited about what Austin's going to be able to do, and I think if Trubisky can can connect with him, that guy's going to be a monster. I've read good things about him so far. However, I, I want to see it on the field first, and that's not to say I don't think he can do it. I, I would I, prefer to never see it on the field. Yes, <laughs> I prefer never. Of course, see he's got to see it on the field, <laughs> right? We got to talk about this in June, man. Right, but what are we I talking read, about on, talking about one, practice. Man, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't behind the steel curtain. By read on one of these sites, they were like, "Oh, here's my ten takeaways from 
from the training camp, eight of them were offense, and eight of them were like just, you know, Pat Fryermuth looks studly. He had, didn't drop a pass, and he's amazing. And if like he they mentioned, pass in OTAs, we, he should be dismissed. Well, but yeah, and they, they talk about Austin like he's Tiger Kill times two, and oh Pickens, he, he looks Hall of Fame like already. I'm like, okay. Don't just relax a little bit. I mean, these guys could be good, but not everybody's looking Hall of Fame. All right. Well, we are out of time. But, again, thanks for checking us out. Um, give us a five-star review. And mention me, Paul, and Joe. Even if you don't like us, give us a five-star review. And thanks for checking out Pittsburgh Super Power Half Hour on Behind the Stove. Have a great night.